0: I want to talk tonight about taking care of ourselves. Um, I I uh, I started thinking about this a few days ago because it I many of you know that I'm a i am I love baseball and it's the final the the playoffs started on Tuesday and so. I uh, tuned into a lot of games. I was particularly interested in one game. My favorite team was in it, but I, I let myself watch a lot of baseball. And um, I thought about it, and I've thought about it over the course of the pandemic, too, because, uh, well, baseball started in July, and, and I just really jumped into it. And what I realized is that it, well, it brings me a lot of joy, And it's important to connect with things that bring you joy. And it's okay to check out, so to speak. And I don't mean check out that I'm just like putting my whole head in a hole in the ground, but to really take some time away from the world. Uh, You know, I think we got that lesson during the pandemic because there was so much, uh, especially when it started, there was this great unease, this, this, this groundlessness that was very apparent. It's always there, but it was especially apparent with all the loss that so many of us, mo- I think all of us were experiencing um, to a greater or lesser degree, depending on your situation. And the emotions were right there. And um, there's a lot of loss, a lot of grief, a lot of mourning, a lot of change. And it was a lot. And the, um, the necessity of uh, taking time for ourselves, taking time to check out, was incredibly important. I think a lot of people... I heard this a lot, oh, I'm off, Who th- know? people thought I'll be off for six weeks, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I saw a lot of memes saying if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're wasting your time, or you blah, 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 and people can easily get hooked up into that. We can easily get hooked up into all of those types of things, pandemic or not, that we're They're here. Here's what's happening. Therefore, you should do this. That should work. And uh, it can be uh, not just during the pandemic, but it can be very uh, enticing or uh, yeah, enticing, let's say, anytime that, oh, here's this thing. I can do this. And and we. Yes, you were supposed to be very productive during the pandemic, ignoring the, the huge impact, the huge emotional impact that was happening. So um, this is this is what suffering is. You know, the Buddha taught the nature of suffering and the end of suffering. And this suffering is that what was suffering is when you're trapped in greed and hatred and delusion and um, so often um, fear. You know, fear takes us towards craving, or fear takes us to aversion. Fear has us wanting things to be a certain way, or fear has us pushing things away. So we get caught up in these various emotions, and we are driven by fixing them in some way, shape, or form. Uh, Or we get caught up in delusion and not even aware of what's going on. We're just kind of like bumping into walls. uh, we're just 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 running hither and thither without any direction what was it Oh, I can't remember I had it was a quote I think it was in mindfulness by Joseph Goldstein and I think it was a quote from um, Ajahn Buddha Dasa anyway we're just trapped in we've got this net over our head and we're just kinda like ah. so that's kinda what it's like when we're when we're lost in delusion so um when we're trapped in the defilements we suffer And we get stuck in these ideas, we get stuck in these these societal norms or these societal ideas, and we, um, we practice, we sit on the cushion, we do this practice so we can begin to see them, but it's not easy. It's not. E- we can maybe identify these habitual patterns of thinking and these ways of behaving, but it's not easy to let them go. Speaking from experience, speaking from decades of experience, it's not easy to let these things go. We get stuck in the shoulds. You know, we get stuck in the. Um, we should pay attention to, especially if you're talking about what's going on in the world today, we should pay attention all the time. We have to know everything that's going on. We should do something about everything. We should we should be more productive. We should write another letter or go to another march or um, make another phone call or give more money or um Whatever it is we're doing, um, I work, I I don't work, but I'm involved with an organization of, um, it's organizers, and there are uh, um, actions and things going on all the time, and I'm on the board, and I my head says, you should be doing all of these things, you know, you should be, you should be here at 10 o'clock this morning, and here at 1 o'clock this afternoon, and And, um, then what happens is there's shame or guilt. If I don't do any of these things, or, you know, if I do one, then I should do two. If I do two, I should do three. Or I see other people doing it. And then the comparing mind jumps into the, jumps into play. Um, uh, well, they did this, so you should do that. They made a comment on Facebook. Therefore, you should make a comment on Facebook. And, um, you know, like I said, it's not even today's Chaos. Even if the world were allegedly perfect, I'm sure the, the comparing mind would find something to um, to judge and make us feel that we needed to do something better. Especially, especially in the society that we live in, where it's never enough. It's never enough. And um, if you're a perfectionist, as I have been, or um, you're in a, live in a world that demands productivity which we do. Um, it's easy to get sucked into these, and it's um, it's painful. It causes a lot of pain. Anybody in here, anybody relating to any of this? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure you, have, you can add your own experiences to uh, what I've been talking about. And I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, She's she's like one of my closest dearest friends in the world. We've been friends for like 40 something years, and um, she's really busy. She started her own business about uh, sometime in the 90s, so like um, a long time ago, 25 years ago, uh, about 25 years ago. And she does she does a lot. It's a really good work. She does really good work. She does. Um, Training and works with, um, you know, helps uh, write grants for. She works in, she lives in Kern, she lives in Bakersfield, so in Kern County, and um, uh, does all kinds of evaluations and trainings. Anyway, it's really good. So she's busy all the time. She's writing grants, or evaluating grants, or r- running around trying to find grants, or implementing grants, and she's really, really busy. And then two years ago, or a year and a half ago, she started a nonprofit. So which is also this amazing organization that's working with um, underserved youth and helping them, you know, start developing skills and they've, they're getting all kinds of funding. It's really extraordinary. Um, and so she's working. I mean, it's like almost two full time jobs. Um, it's not, but it's almost. So she's like busy seven days a week. And then she was uh, kind of executive director of, she likes to write, she's a writer, and so she was executive director of this women's writing guild, and, and put on a conference back in Pennsylvania every year, and, and then she keeps adopting cats, and so she's got like three cats and an old dog, and um, she's single. Um, I don't think she could do this if she were in a relationship, but, um, we were talking the other night and I was saying, you know, you're really busy all the time. She's like, I just don't, I just like, and, and we've had this conversation a lot over the last 40 years and, and she says, but there's so much to do. There's an abundance of things. And you know what, that is the thing that it's not that we're, um, uh, greedy to, you know, accumulate wealth, or or money, or prestige, or stuff, it's what she's doing, She the thing she's doing will benefit so many people, it will benefit so many people, it's like the organization I'm involved with, it benefits so many people, you know, we walk with labor, and we're working with immigration, um, Issues and so it's really impactful. And uh, I was talking to her about the Buddhist personality types. Quickly, if you there's a there's a, a a thing that they say. Well, there's of course Buddhist personality types, and they go right along with the defilements. You're you're a greedy personality, or you're a, an aversive personality, or you're a deluded personality. And I and I told her that years ago, I realized that. I was the greedy personality type, meaning that it was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. I had a fear of missing out. I want to do everything. It's all good. And I would try and fit it all in, and then it would just, like, collapse. And then I'd feel awful because I couldn't keep up with my um, commitments. And she's always behind. And so then, you know, I got, we got to uh, we become overwhelmed trying to do good stuff. And she sent me a text yesterday morning. She found saw this quote. I don't know where she got it, but she sent this quote. And it says, productivity is how we use our gifts to contribute to the world. It's not the price we pay to exist. But so many of us feel it is. Productivity is how we use our gifts to contribute to the world. It's not the price we pay to exist. We don't have to justify. It's like that wonderful book I read, um, The Body is Not an Apology, by Sonia Renee Taylor, Taylor, who talked about how we think there's this default perfect body or perfect, perfect everything, um, uh, and it's not, and, and we have to apologize for not being the default wealthy white male landowner, you know. Um, and, and, it's, and it's bogus, and so um, we've got caught up in this thing that we have to be predict, productive to justify our existence. And then this morning, she sent me this other thing that she found. Again, I don't know where she found this, but it's a quote from Thomas Merton, and if you know Thomas Merton, he was a Jesuit um, priest who also um, uh, was a contemplative and was practicing mindfulness. Um, and I think he died in the 50s or 60s, I can't remember. Um, so this is, this is interesting. He said, There is a perversive form of contemporary violence to which the idealist most easily succumbs. Activism and, activism and overwork is the perversive form of contemporary violence. The rush and pressure of modern life are a form, perhaps the most common form, of its innate violence. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns, to surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone in everything is to succumb to violence. The frenzy of our activism neutralizes our work for peace. It destroys our own inner capacity for peace. It destroys the fruitfulness of our own work. Because it kills the root of inner wisdom, which makes work fruitful. Basically, when we get carried away in a frenzy of trying to do good, we're destroying ourselves. We're cutting ourselves off at the the root, at the feet. And you hear that with people who are activists or organizers that they have or, or in helping professions that there's compassion burnout. There's a lot of burnout because people don't know how to take care of themselves. If you want this quote, if you just search um, Thomas Merton and um, what did I search? I forget. I did a Google search and it came right up. Um, violence self, you know, self-care or violence violence. Um, It 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 just like popped right up. So that would that I would suggest that if you're interested. Um, Otherwise, send me a note and I can send you a copy of it. I'm happy to. Mary Mary at marystancavage. Org. Um, So what we do is we get caught up in this 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 wanting to help, and there's a lot of stuff that needs to be taken care of right now. Um, and has for a long time, but it feels like it's imminent and we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to, have to. And yes, there are things we need to do and take care of, but we also have to take care of ourselves. Self-care is so critical that if we don't, we shoot ourselves in the foot. You know, we, we, we damage, we commit violence to ourselves. And I really don't think that's um, outlandish language because it's it goes against the first precept. We're not we're causing harm to ourselves because we're caught up in this the the uh, the mind, the caught up in the, the the habitual pattern of thinking that says we have to do these things. We get caught up in the shoulds, and how we get out of that is this practice is this practice of mindfulness to notice that we're caught up in the defilements, to see that we are um, uh, uh, trapped in this cycle. I was working with a teacher a few months ago, and I was talking to her about, you know, trying to let go of thinking, trying to do this, let go of thinking I had to do so much. And she said, in all her amazing wisdom, and I know this, but I couldn't tell myself. I had to have somebody tell me. She said, instead of trying to talk yourself into letting go of the thing, because that's just moving into the story, she said, Come back to the body and sit with what it feels like if you think about not doing something. And that was the challenging part that I never did before. What does it feel like if you're driven to do things, to fix things, or the critical mind is is just chomping at the, chomping at you. What does it feel like if you think about not doing it? And be with what's underneath. What's driving that? Fear, perfection, you know, whatever it is. Can you be with that? That's what you do. You go to the cushion and that's why we practice being with these emotions. And I'm trying to remember, it was, I, I can't even remember what it was that was driving me. I don't even remember if I was able to find some kind of a, a, a tracing back to something, but I knew it was uncomfortable because I'd, be, I'd done this for so long. In this this go, 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 do, 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 that to not was like, and that's the feeling you want to be with. I don't have a word for, but uh, I'm guessing you know, Um, you know, when you're feeling busy or overwhelmed or pressured, if you have those words in your vocabulary, pay attention or fear of missing out, FOMO, pay attention when they show up, it's really important, I don't have to save the world, I also have this thing that if I don't do it, who will, and I can do it better than anyone else, but that's just my ego, I can't, because I try, and I I fail miserably, but there's some things I can do, but I can't do it all, so paying attention, it's not about, so it's not about figuring it out, it's about tending to the feeling of like, what does it feel like if I say no? to doing something or if I put something down and say I'm going to do this instead I'm going to read a book instead of going on one more march. What does that feel like? Or whatever it is that you have um, work one more day of overtime. You know the thing with people working from home I hear especially now so so many jobs have been lost but the people who are left are working incredible amounts of hours, um, uh, it's, it's, it's so out of balance, it's so out of whack, um, in so many places, and so to recognize that that's true, and to tend to yourself, yeah, so to, to watch that, um, it's really, it's really important, um, there's a, the, in the teaching of wise effort, it's about recognizing the thoughts that are not beneficial. Anything, I think anything that causes constriction, anytime you're caught in thinking that uh, is tightening and constricting. That is not necessarily beneficial. You need to pay attention to that. It's not something that's unpleasant like sadness or grief. It's really a shutting down and a closing off. Um, This is why connecting with the body is so important because there's so many clues there. So seeing what's not beneficial in the mind, this is wise view, excuse me, wise effort. Let it go. Come back. What is beneficial? Oh, balance. Taking an afternoon off taking a day off or whatever is the appropriate response. Um, building equanimity. What is the appropriate response? Oh, loving-kindness. Maybe some loving-kindness practice is, 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 uh, is appropriate because I can't change the situation, but how do you tend to yourself? Anyway, it's really important. Um, building that equanimity I have a note here that says, even thinking about it, and I don't know what it means. Oh, well. Uh, one of the other important things about this is guarding the sense stores. And I've talked about this um, somewhere in the last couple of months, where you have to really pay attention to what you ingest. And I'm going to read Thich Hans Hanh's um, fifth, mindfulness training. He has these mindfulness trainings which are kind of based on the precepts. And the fifth precept is not to ingest anything that will lead to intoxication uh, or heedlessness. And uh, Thich Nhat Hanh's mindfulness trainings have expanded on these uh, precepts. And the fifth one is Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I am committed to cultivating good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will practice looking deeply into how I consume the four kinds of nutriments, namely edible foods, sense impressions, volition, and consciousness. I am determined not to gamble, use alcohol, drugs, or other products which contain toxins such as certain websites, electronic games, TV programs, films, magazines, books, and conversation. I will practice coming back to the present moment to be in touch with the refreshing, healing, and nourishing elements in me and around me. Not letting regrets and sorrow drag me back into the past nor letting anxieties, fear, or craving pull me out of the present moment. I'm determined not to try and cover up loneliness, anxiety, or other suffering by losing myself in consumption. I will contemplate interbeing and consume in a way that preserves peace, joy, and well-being in my body and consciousness and in the collective body and consciousness of my family, my society, and the earth." So that Wise consumption of what we read, what we hear, what we listen to, the conversations we have. Um, I love that he says websites because that entails, you know, social media, which is so, uh, causes so much suffering. It can cause so much suffering in a minute or less. So, to be, take, we take care of ourselves by practicing this, by stepping back from that which causes suffering, or developing a different relationship to it, you know? It's not the thing itself, it's our relationship to it. That's really important. That's a really important thing to recognize. The thing itself is an inanimate object, but it's how we relate to it and what what may be um, contained in it. So that's this guarding of the sense doors is incredibly important and an incredibly important way for us to take care of ourselves. Um, in the in the chat, Tressa put that in the pandemic. You uh, deve- what was it? You developed the. Instead of FOMO, fear of missing out, you, you helped, the pandemic helped you connect with the joy of missing out, which is really, I love that. The joy of missing out is, is awesome. And it's like, oh, yeah, I don't have to. That's going on. I had the joy of missing out on the debate the other night. I watched a baseball game and my team won really, really nicely. So, um, I had a lovely experience while a lot of the rest of the world's head was exploding. So, um, well, actually I was teaching a class, but then I also watched a ball game after. So, uh, yeah, so I had the joy of missing out on that. And so that's really important. And and I I do have a note here. It's like, don't miss the joy. Don't miss the joy or any emotion that shows up. Because when we put aside the joy that absolutely exists, even with the chaos, we're denying the reality of what's happening. So if there is joy, whatever it is, it can be simple. That's why I always ask. It's one of the reasons I always ask in class, is there anyone experiencing any joy that they want to share with us? I got that from a a Shabbat service I went to with a friend of mine a year, year, gosh, a year and a half ago, and the rabbi at the end of the service asked if anybody had any joy so that everyone in the congregation could celebrate. And I think it's a really lovely, lovely idea because you make it available to everyone. Um, and don't miss out on connections and humanity. It's it's, you know, wherever you wherever you can find it. It's so important. That's why I really treasure the the, the these groups like this class and the morning meditation. It's a connection that I wouldn't have otherwise, and I, and I really feel the benefit from it. I feel the, the um, support. So that's how we take care of our, ourselves. And I think it's important for you to define how uh, you take care of yourself. Where is your suffering? Where is your um, edge? And how do you tend to that? I think that's that's a an very important thing that we all have to discover for ourselves, for, because what might be really jarring for me might not be anything for you, and what might be comforting for me might be like, ugh, for you, um, so it's not, again, one more time, it's not, oh, I should do that, but what is, what makes sense for you, and this is where sitting on the cushion and practicing is so beneficial. Because when you quiet the mind and you make space for that wisdom to arise, that that knowing, that 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 seeing is like, oh yeah, I need to let this go. Like when my friend sent me this text with the Thomas Merton quote this morning, she said it hit her in her solar plexus, and I'm like, that's a clue that maybe it's uh, that's uh, you know, it rings true. And so that's that's the. Uh, that's what we have to do. I think it's so important. Otherwise, it's—I don't know what that word is either. But it's—it's uh, it's, uh, not healthy. It's not healthy. And um, you know, there'll be there'll be things for you to take care of when you're when you're done taking, you know, self-care. You can come out if you if you retreat and then you come back out into the world. You will a be refreshed and b there will still be shit for you to take care of. Or work on. I don't think it'll ever be. You'll walk out and then like, oh look, everything's fixed, yay. So maybe, but not in my lifetime. Anyway. So my friends, these are some thoughts I have on taking care of ourselves. I'm happy to hear anything anyone has to say. Any questions or thoughts or how you take care of yourselves?